get the series, I said, well, I, I want to deal with Jesus and his birth. And, and as I started digging more into it, I said, there's a lot more here. There's a lot more here that, that we would take a look at the life of Jesus, of course, beginning with his birth, with Christmas being around the corner. Amen. The scripture that I'm going to be coming from is Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9 is a prophecy somewhat seven to 750 years before the coming of Christ. Isaiah is predicting, foretelling, seeing into the future. I'm reading it out of the New American Standard. Um, I will probably come back and hit some portions of it with the Amplified. But it reads as such in our hearing. It reads as such. But there will be no more gloom for her who was in anguish in early times. He treated the land of Jebelin and the land of Nephateli with contempt, but later on he shall make it glorious by the way of the sea on the other, other side of Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who walked in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. They shall multiply the nation. You shall increase their gladness. They will be glad in your presence as with the gladness of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you shall break the yoke of their burden and the staff of their off their shoulders, the rod of their oppressors, as at the battle of Minia. For every boot of the booted warrior in the battle, turmoil, the cloth rolled in blood shall be for burning fuel for the fire, for a child will be born Hallelujah. to us. A son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end of the increase of his government of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it, to uphold it with justice and righteousness. From then on forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Amen. Amen. The the thought that I have for this sermon at least today and probably for the next couple of sermons will be, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. But the series will be standing on the truth concerning Jesus the Christ. Amen. Standing on the truth concerning Jesus the Christ. Father, even now, Lord, I stretch out on you, asking you 
for empowerment, endowment, anointing. I ask that there would be an increase of your presence in this place. Thank you for the worship. I thank you for what we have experienced thus far this morning. Now, Lord, as your word come forth, increase. And not only will I be able to speak it, but we will be able to receive it. Lord, have your way, Lord. We bind Satan in the name of Jesus that he has no dominion in this place, that your truth will go forth freely and it will be received by your people. Lord, even now, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. We are in the Christmas season and and, and, and stories are on TV for many. It's supposed to be a festive time, a joyous time. But if we don't watch it, the true meaning of this season can be lost. Yeah, 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 yeah. I need to walk with me this morning. If, if, if we're not careful, uh, we will allow culture and society to move Jesus out of the reason for the season. Some, some of you don't, are looking at me like I'm crazy, but, but, if, but if you are careful, if you are watching, if you are paying attention, it's already happening. Don't you remember when you would go to the store and, and they would say Merry Christmas? They, they're not saying Merry Christmas too many places anymore. In fact, if you say Merry Christmas, they may fire you. Notice what they're saying now. Happy holiday. And, and some of us are buying into it, so, so we are saying Happy Holiday. But what we don't understand is that that is a direct on purpose intention of taking Christ's name out of people's lips that they wrote what they don't want Christ to be mentioned. Even Christ in Christmas is too much. It is done so subtly that we don't understand what is happening. It is done to a place where, 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 where as Christians, those who are standing for Christ, if, if you speak too loudly, people will start calling you intolerant. Have you noticed all the stories on TV that, 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 that invades our children's mind? There's not too many stories about Jesus. So if they don't get Jesus at church, if you're not, if you're not getting it at home, then your, your kids are watching Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman, and all the other stories that, 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 that at this time are filling their minds and ears. See, see, some of us think it's like what, when we went to school, but it's not like we went to school. 
It was a time when, when we talked about Christ in school. You best not mention Christ in. Now, now I know that they said, okay, religious freedom and separate from church. But, but whether you know it or not, behind the scene, Satan and his, his imps are plotting to move the truth off of the page, off of the minds of people. And if you are not careful, we will fall right into the place that we lose really what this season is really all about. Y'all want me to prove it? Okay. You know, we get so caught up buying gifts and, and things that, that the credit card get ran up and then we get worried because, because things done got hard and we can't buy what we want to buy. And by the time Christmas comes, we bummed out because we in debt. Don't sit there like I'm not talking about. Well, you know, all of us have taken part in that a time or two. And all of a sudden, what happens is, is that what is supposed to be about Jesus is not about Jesus. And it's about what we get or didn't get. And somehow... Jesus is getting a smaller and smaller piece of the season. Can I set my toe in this a little bit more? See, it used to be that, that when, 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 when Pastor Hamilton was preaching, he didn't have to defend the Bible because everybody believed that the Bible was true. So to my brother preachers, to mamas and daddies, now, because when your kids go into school, though they, they can't talk about the Bible, they are ridiculing the Bible and Jesus. Now you have to give them a reason why you believe what you believe. If what they hear is, is about all the things of Christmas, then Jesus is just another story. Ah. So now, when they ask you why you believe what you believe, you can't tell them, well, I just believe it. But why do you believe it? And if you're not careful, because folks will challenge you at your belief now. They will call you intolerant because you're making Jesus the only way. They would tell you why you think you're right. Why can't everybody be right? You know what? It's not even about logic anymore. Rabbi Zechariah, who is the foremost apologetic in the world, I believe apologetics is, is, is a person who defends the gospel. He walks into Muslim country. He goes to the university. He goes to Princeton and Yale. And watch this. Colleges are teaching. That there is no such thing of absolute right and absolute truth. When he goes to these colleges, Yale and Princeton, they used to be Christian colleges. Literally, there are people there coming to the mic to come up against him. 
went to one of these colleges and the professor had all his philosophy students behind him and he said, how dare you say that there's absolute truth and absolute right, that there's, that there's right and wrong. Robert Zechariah allowed him to talk and Robert Zechariah said, I, I just got a question. The man said, go ahead. Robbie said, if I took a three-month-year-old baby, three-month-three-months baby, laid the baby in front of me, take a knife, and stab the baby, is that wrong? Is that evil? The professor kind of shuffled his legs, and he said, I wouldn't like it, but it's not wrong. Have we really come to the place that in order for us to do what we want to do and be justified in it, that we have let go of all moral standards? Have society really is so at odds with the truth that they would say nobody's wrong. You can do what you want to do, when you want to do it, how you want to do it, the way you want to do it. My brothers and sisters, my, my, my fear is not for those in the world. My fear is for us in the church. My, my, my fear is that is that, is that we don't know what grounds we stand on. My, my fear is because in America we're not used to persecution, that when persecution come at us for what we believe, we're going to waver on the issue. I'm not saying that we got to be offensive or anything, but you got to know what you believe. You got to know in whom you believe. You got to know why you believe. No longer can, can, can you just sit comfortably in, in a society that more and more. How can I say this? Let, let me say this. We, we, we hear ISIS. We hear all that. Don't you know that that is a battle of who God is God? Regardless of, of how you look at it, it is, it is, it is three books that claim to be Holy, it's the Quran, it's the Book of Mormon, and it's our Bible. All three of them can't be right. Because each of them come down to the place of saying that, that this is right. If you go this way, you're wrong. Paul deals with us. Isaiah deals with us because the Bible foretells predicts what's going to happen. You see, we just didn't pick Jesus because we thought he was the best of all those who called himself the Christ. We choose Jesus because he fulfills the Old Testament. What does that mean? That means that Jesus did what God said he was going to do before Jesus came along. Oh, y'all need to hear me. 
the Jewish people was looking for a Messiah because the Old Testament foretold that when he comes, he's going to do this. Listen to our scripture from Isaiah chapter 9. He says, out of the Amplified verse 1, but in the midst of judgment, there is a promise and the certainty of the Lord deliverance. What's what's what he saying? He said, he said, God foretold it, and if God said it, watch it. He's going to do it. He says, there is a promise on the table, and God is not a man that he shall lie. He said, he said, said God telling you this, so when it happens, you know that it's God that did it. So you know the one that when he does it is him. <laughs> See, God is not asking us to have blind faith. He's really asking us to have intelligent faith. There's a reason why we believe the word of God. Because everything that God said he was going to do in the time that he said he was going to do it, he did it. Let me, let me read on. He says, he says, he says, he says, he says. There shall be no gloom from her that was in anguish. In the former time, the Lord brought into contempt the land of Jubilant, the, the land of Nephitili. But in the later days, he will make it glory. You know what God is saying? He said there was a time when he wasn't dealing with Gentile people because he had to get his own people together. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. He said, but the reason I was working with my people so that when the Messiah comes, that he could be a blessing to you too. Yes, sir. Oh, y'all need to hear me. Yes, yes. He says, and when he comes, he's not going to come as you expect it. Uh-huh. But if you look at my word, I told you, how he was going to come, and I told you what he was going to do. So don't, don't believe just what other people are saying. Find it out for yourself. You know, how can I say this? You are sitting, if you got faith, the light bulb has been turned on. But for those that are lost, it's not turned on. You can be sitting in church and still don't see. Just because you're religious don't mean you know Jesus. Some of us just see him as a baby in Bethlehem, but you don't see he's a move of God. Go to, I go up to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, once a year to preach revival one year. Deacon picked me up. I mean, awesome man of God, one of the leaders in the church. And as we are driving, he begins to tell me his story. And he began to tell me, he said, you know, um, I've been in church all my life. But I wasn't saved all my life. He said, you know, I, I really did not get saved till I was 40. So I've been in the church because my mama and daddy took me to church. He said, I never got out there in the world. And he said, you know what? He said, you know what? 
Everybody thought I was saved because I went to church every Sunday. They wanted me to get on committees and be busy in the church. He said, I was a good moral standing person. I was good. He said, I was good, but I wasn't saved. Ah. Right, right now, somebody's confused because they think that being good equates to being saved. <laughs> see, see, no matter how good you are, it can't save you. Do I need to say that again? There are some people that are just morally good people, but they don't know Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus, it doesn't matter how good you are because God is not going to weigh your good and your bad. God, you either alive or you're dead spiritually. I was in Bible study, and in Bible study, what I did was I said, okay, I made a small, I'm not going to draw on the wall. I made a small circle, and I said, that's the spirit of man. I made a bigger circle around that circle. I said, this is the soul of man. I made a bigger circle, and I, and I said, this is the body message. Your spirit is within your soul, and your soul and your spirit is in your body. In the save again person, in the small circle, in the spirit, I did a big S for the Holy Spirit, and I did a small S for the, for the human spirit. And the unsafe person, I went to the spirit, and I colored it black. Because you know why? Their spirit is dead. The only thing that they know is the soul and the body, but their spirit is dead. Only Jesus can make your spirit alive. And you can be in church all the days of your life, but if you never seen him, listen, he's not trying to make me good. He's trying to make me alive. Oh, that should be a shot on that. Listen, when you're alive, the byproduct is you get better than what you are. But it's because your spirit is quickened. The Holy Spirit has come in you. That's why Jesus came. Let me dig. Let me dig. Can I, can I dig a little bit more? I don't want to keep you all day. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 through 8. He said, I made known unto you, brethren, the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you received it. Well, I said, he said, I preached it, you received it. Right. But there are others I preached to didn't receive it. So watch this. If I preach it, you have to take in and believe what's being preached. If, if there's not a reaction to what I preach, it doesn't matter how long I preach to you, if you don't read. Let's go on. Wherein, what's this, Christian? Wherein you stand. This is what he said. He said, you're standing. Even though the culture isn't agreeing with what you're standing for, 
You're standing. I'm afraid that that in America, what is happening, we're going to have to make our stand. With all the craziness that is happening, it's not time to pull back. It's, it's time to plant your feet and stand. It's not time to be afraid. It's time to make sure your witness is loud. Listen, God is not trying to make a utopia here on earth. He's saving folk, folks, people out of the darkness of this world. But if our light not, is not shining, how can he pull anybody out? He says, stand. He says, you, 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 stand. Watch this, watch this. He says, if you hold fast the word which I preach to you, watch this. He says, not holding fast make you save, but when you are saved, you will hold fast. Do, do I need to step into that a little bit more? When you, when God has made that change in you, and it becomes more than, than, than religion, and it's a relationship. It really doesn't matter what you go through. You're not going to let go of what you know. Y'all need to hear me. I mean, when you know that you know that you know. I'm not saying that you won't go through hard times. I'm saying, I'm not even saying you might not fall down. But there's something about Jesus. There's something about the Holy Spirit that he makes you get back up. No matter what the devil throw at you, you will cry, you will weep, you may even throw a fit. But somehow God knows how to speak to you. A song will come on. A, a sermon will be preached. Somebody will say something. You'll read a scripture and it make you stand up again and say, I know who I am and I know what I believe. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When, when, when it's in you, he will rise up right when you need it. Oh, I guarantee you as a Christian, you're going to get down sometime. But it's okay to get down sometime because God knows how to stir up the spirit that is in you. That, that when, when you're going out for the third time, you still say, I still praise you. I still worship you. Listen what he says. Hold fast to that word which you received. For I delivered it unto you first of all, that which I received, that Christ died for us. Listen, according to scripture. He says, I didn't come up with something new. He said, we can go to the Old Testament and show you that the coming Messiah is going to die for your sins. He says, he says, he says, we, 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 we got something to stand on because God foretold it before it happened. So don't let nobody deceive you because only God knows the future. I just, I just heard something. I heard somebody say, well, I've been calling at 800 Psychic line, huh? 
Huh? Huh? I, I, I heard some, I just heard somebody say, 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 but I've been watching these people on TV and they're speaking to the dead. Huh? <laughs> Listen, God is the only one that can tell the future. Now, the devil may guess the future. But what about these people where, where people from the dead come back? There, there's no record in the Bible. In fact, let me be honest with you. If, 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 if your loved one in heaven, they're not coming back to see you. They're too busy praising God in heaven. Now, now God may speak to you in a way that is familiar to you, not, not to scare you, okay? So you might have a sense of, but, but, but it's not them. No, nobody's going from heaven to earth, from heaven to earth to move things around in your house. all have heard that. Listen, the saints said it in glory got something much better to do than that. They're in Jesus' presence. Hallelujah. But, but, but I, I, things do happen. And what about, what about, you know, those people that say, well, you know, your, your dead one, their name is, start with a J, J, well, my God, if they're talking to you, don't you know their name? John, Jean, Emily. Yeah, that's it. And they said, Emily, you said, how did you? You let me guess enough times. I'll get it right. And the ones that are in touch, and there's very few. Listen, if God has set a guardian angel over us since birth, and he has, the devil is a copycatter. He does nothing that is genuine or nothing that is original. So if God set a, a, a guardian angel around you, Satan has set a familiar spirit around you to watch you so he know how to tempt you so you know how to get to you so he is familiar with you and if, if one of those people are in touch it's the familiar spirit talking to their familiar spirit telling them things about your dead one that they couldn't know unless it's a familiar spirit this is warfare we stand between the forces of evil and good, y'all. You're not down here just the yellow brick road. I know the winds was on the other night, but that's not reality. I know they could say, but that's not reality. And, and the Satan is trying to blind us while God is trying to open up our eyes. And we got to be wise enough to know 
that the battle is over our souls. And if you're saved, he's trying to keep you blind. Satan's number one is deception. Listen, scripture says they will come to you as angels of light. Now, if a devil can come to you as though he's a, if a demon can come to you as though he's God's angel, won't he try to show up as everything else? Oh, yes, sir. Any kind of way. To bring deception to us. Oh, yes, sir. I mean, I know what Paul illustrates. He says he, 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 he died for our sins according to what was predetermined, pre-wrote, pre-scripture Old Testament. He said he gave it to us in the Old Testament so that when it shows up in the New Testament, you know that is it. Let me go on. He was buried, then he was risen on the third day according to Scripture. Already told. Already foretold. And nobody could fulfill that. Nobody did fulfill that but Jesus. Listen, we have sure evidence of what we believe is true. Did you hear that? Not because man wrote it, but because God wrote it. Because man can't predict the future, but God is in control from the beginning and the end. Well, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Second Peter, chapter 1, verse 16 to 21. Look what it says. For we do not Follow cunningly devised fable. And what he's saying is, hey, listen, we're not following fables. No, no, no. Have, we have not came up there, he'll come up with this with the imagination of our minds. No, no. He says, what we have put our life on, we have checked it out. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it is the fulfillment yes, what God has already foretold. Let's go on. He says, we, when we made known unto you the power of the coming of our Lord Jesus, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty, for he received from God the Father honor and glory when there was born such a voice to him by the majestic glory this is my beloved son and who I am well pleased and this voice we ourselves heard born out of heaven when we was with him in that holy mount this is what Peter's saying he said listen fellas listen listen my sisters he said I expect Experienced Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration when he shined like the sun. When his sun, when his clothes became dazzling white. He said, and while we was there on this mountain, me, John, and James, 
when we was there, he, this was what Peter said. He said, we heard a voice out of the heaven saying, this is my beloved son. Now, now, what an experience. What an awesome experience. But, but let's read on. This is what he says. He says, he says, he says, he says, we have some translation says, but we have the word of prophecy. Watch this. Made more sure. You know what, you know what Peter's saying? He says, you can't even trust your experience. He said, I'm not saying that your experience isn't true, but I'm saying your experience isn't trustworthy. Let, let, can, what, let me put my foot in there a little bit more. What he's saying is, sometimes if what it takes is for you to have a supernatural experience, the devil will give you a supernatural experience. <laughs> and make you think that your experience is more true than God's word. I have counseled folks that come to me and say, say, this, this, that, 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 say, no. They say, well, my experience. I say, yeah, but your experience is contrary to God's word. Yes, sir. I'm not saying you didn't have the experience, but I'm saying it wasn't God. Well, how you know it wasn't God? Because let me take you to the scripture and show you what God says, what his word says. And God does not work outside of his Yes, God will give you a vision. Yes, God will give, but it would be within his principles of his word. And whenever you experience something beyond what God says, put it on the shelf. I mean, high up on the shelf. I mean, get a ladder and put it on the shelf so that you won't get it down no more. What Peter is saying is, even my experience is not what I'm standing on. What's this? But we have the word of prophecy made more sure whereunto you do well to take heed. But as unto a lamp shining in a dark place until the dawn to the day dawn and the day star rise in our hearts. Knowing this First, that no prophecy of scripture is of private interpretation and no prophecy ever came by the will of man. He goes on to say, but the holy man was moved by God, by the Holy Spirit as they wrote the scripture because God dictated what they were right so that today we have something to stand on. Oh, y'all, 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 y'all with me? What he's saying is, you don't have to be in doubt. You ought to know. There's some things you ought to know. See, see, you can't think that it's Jesus in some other way. It's Jesus, and he's the only way. You don't have to think whether you have missed it or not. If you got Jesus, you got the real thing. What I'm just trying to say to you today is that, that Jesus has to be the reason for the season. And when we talk about, and as we go into the prophecies that, that he fulfilled in his birth, in his living, and in his death, you, you, you don't have to doubt about whether 
man wrote it. No, God wrote it. Well, how you know God wrote it? Well, the Holy Spirit got in man and made them write that which they didn't know. And they wrote into the future what God was going to do. God came behind his writing and fulfilled what he said he was going to do. Can't nobody do that but God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, the reason why we can be assured of our salvation because if we follow the scripture, he came to set us free. Watch this. Watch this. Some of us, you hearing me, but you ain't feeling me. See, life has been so hard that we are allowing our hurt, our pain, our disappointment of life stop our hearing, clog up our thinking, because we can't get past our pain. I got good news for you. And when I see Jesus, I just don't see him as a savior who came to save me for my salvation. But I see him as a healer. That, that he knows how to reach down into the death of your emotional hurt. Why, how can you say that? See, I can get technical about it. And I can say that, yeah, he had to die because he had to pay the price for our sins. I could get technical about it and say he lived a perfect life and he fulfilled up the Ten Commandments. So when we are in Jesus, your account is full. And it's as though you live perfectly because the life of Jesus filled all our accounts up. I can get technical about it is that when he died and rose again, we rose up with him. So you're more than a conqueror right now. But allow me to get emotional about it. When I see Jesus on the cross, it lets me know he loves me. Oh, y'all don't hear me. When I see what he went through, when I see the price that he paid, yes. I said, and he did it for me. Yes. I got news for you, and he did it for you. Yes. If you were the only person in the world, he still would have came down. Yes. Let you nail him to the cross. He would have bowed his head and died. If you would have buried him in the grave, he would have got up to set you free. Watch this. Watch this. If he cared enough to die for our, our, our condemnation, then doesn't the cross shows that he entered into our pain? Oh, got to hear me on this. Isaiah 53 says that he is a man acquainted with sorrow, which means then that every pain you've been through, Jesus took it to the cross. When, when I need reassurance that he cares, I take a look at the cross. When I need to know that he loves me, I take a look at the cross. When I want to know the 
Does he know my pain? I take a look at the cross. Because at the cross, at the cross, my pain, your pain was poured on Jesus. They took him off the cross. My pain and your pain was buried in the grave. At the cross, at the grave, when he got up, he shed my pain. He shed. You know what I do sometimes? I know I don't got much sense. But it helps me. Sometimes when I need to encourage myself, I say, he loves me. Listen, listen. Won't he make you feel like he, you his favor? Now, he's no respecter of person. But isn't his love personal? Won't he step down right where you're at and meet you right where you're at? Won't he hug you? Won't he hold you? Won't he wipe away your tears? Won't he meet you and let you know that everything's going to be all right? Won't he speak to you and say, hey, I got you? Won't he say, be still and know that I am God? Won't he, won't he, won't he, won't he, won't he, won't he, won't he love on you when you need to be loved? Let me speak to somebody. You lonely and down. You need to get abundant. The love of Jesus. And let Jesus love your hurt away. Tell Jesus all about it. He'll make everything okay. I don't know how he does it, but the Lord will let you know. If I chose you, don't matter who forsake you. Don't matter what your mama said, what your daddy did. Before they was, I chose you. What's this? Before the foundation of the world, Christ already died for us in the mind of God the Father. Hold on, wait a minute. So the cross isn't an after thing. It's a before thing. Which means that he already measured all the hurts of the world and put it on Jesus at the cross before the hurt happened. Uh-oh, y'all, y'all with me? Did I need to go back and take some back? Listen, that means that though it happened in Abraham's time in the future, it really happened in the past. Because God went to the end, walked his way back to the beginning, and said, let there be. Which means then that he knew how much pain the world was going to suffer. And he dumped all that pain on Jesus. So watch this. So if I allow Jesus to love my pain away, y'all don't hear me. If we allow him to meet us at our hurt, the hurt that we've been through can't hold us no more. That means that I don't have to keep looking back at what somebody did. 
I can look forward at what Jesus has already done. That means that, that though they didn't love me, Jesus loved me. And he proved that he loved me by dying on the cross. And when he got up, I got up. Because on the cross, he died for my sins and for my pain. So there's healing in Jesus. Tell the person next to you, he loves me. No, you didn't say it like you meant it. No, 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 you didn't say it like you meant it. Now, now you didn't say if I had to. He loves me. Oh, he loves me. Oh, he loves me. Oh, he loves me. How how you know he loves me? Because he died for me on Calvary. Listen. Listen. There are some days you need to tell it to yourself till you feel it. You don't need a choir to sing you happy. Get happy all by yourself. Start thinking about what he done for you. How he did it before the foundation of the world. And he did it with your name on it. Oh, it's personal. I mean, how can you not shout over that? How can you not get happy over that? Listen, all the mess I've been in, and he died. He loved me in spite of. He put up with. He didn't have to do it, but he did. Glory. 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 He loved me. 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 He loved you too. He loved me. He loved us. 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 He loved Go get you're here. Go get your wholeness. Let him make what happened of no account. Let the love of Jesus take the power of your pain away. That, 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 that you can see God's hands in it. They said, you kept me. You brought me. Hallelujah. And was anybody else, they would have lost their mind, but you kept me. The devil is a liar. Today, God is calling you. And he's calling you by name. And he has your emotional healing in his hands. But by faith, you need to come. You need to come and allow the Lord Jesus' love pour out on you. Today, I got preachers here that will pray with you 
and talk with you.